Welcome back, everybody, to Grow the Buck Up, episode number five. This is Budgeting 101. This is the start of the financial series, uh, one of the many financial series that we will talk about throughout this podcast. Uh, I feel like it's time, it was about time that we dove into that, right? The name of the show is Grow the Buck Up. Uh, and you would expect there to be discussion around finances based off of the pun in the name, right? So we're going to talk about that now. We are going to get started. Um, before we begin with the budgeting, with how to budget, with why budgeting is important, things of that nature, I want to really talk a little bit about um, financial independence, uh, which I've talked a little bit about before. But I feel like it's a great introduction to Budgeting 101 because it is one of the key principles of it. It is one of the key, uh, it is one of the necessities to building yourself that life where you can have more of that freedom to do a little bit more of what you want, which I think is what financial independence is a little bit more about. So when I look at budgeting, when I look at my previous years in life here and the things that I went off to go do to challenge myself to come up with adventures, uh, to go do anything of that nature, a lot of times money is involved in some factor. And having money saved, having a budget set out so I knew what I could spend, I knew how I, how much I could spend every month, every week, if I could carry stuff over, what was coming up. All of this is because I budgeted appropriately. It's because I sat down and I grew the buck up and I took time to understand my finances. And this is such a scary thing I really want to say, I think a lot of people um, are, are simply afraid of it. They weren't educated well within uh, finances. It's something that's not taught in school often, unfortunately. Uh, and it's one of those things that you somewhat have to self-educate, right? You have to either sit down and seek out the resources, such as if you're coming here, great, welcome, um, or you need to go and do the research yourself, right? Go online and, and just dig through everything and look and say, why am I doing this? What's the way that I can save money? What's the way that I can do all this, right? So for a lot of the world, for a lot of people, they simply accept that money is just a thing that exists and you just have it and then you don't and it, it comes in and it goes out and, and whatever happens, uh, and this is why the world is in a lot of trouble, uh, I personally think, or at least individuals within this, within societies and, and within the world overall run into a lot of trouble. This is why things like, the, you know, the average credit card debt or average debt for, for uh, an American is like 13000 or something. I forget exactly what those numbers are. Don't fact check me and come in here and be like, it's actually blah, blah, blah. And I can't believe you would spew false information. I just know the average person's in debt and that it is um, a substantial amount. And I, th I believe a lot, of, a lot of this is simply due to money mismanagement 
and these things could be resolved. And so when you start to go through this process of budgeting, when you start to go through this process of really looking at your money and understanding your money in a different way, right? Not just as I use it to buy food or to go to the movie or whatever it is, right? But you start to look at it in a way of freedom a little bit, of power, of independence, of all of these things, right? When you start to see it in a different way and when you gain control of it, it is going to help you substantially in life. That is my opinion. It has helped me a ton. It has allowed me to set myself up for positions such as where I currently am, where I'm working part-time and I am streaming now and I'm able to put more effort and everything into streaming because of this. Um, it allows you to achieve these goals and to simply look at life a different way, right? You might not feel like so much of a slave to life, but rather uh, that there is a lot of power that you can have in life, which I think goes back to the core concept of this podcast anyways, right? I want you to feel powerful. I want you to feel that control that you have in your life. And I think to get to that control, you need to first simply knock the bases out, right? You just need to sit down and say, all right, I'm going to gain control of myself, of my mental uh, state, of my emotional state. I'm going to gain control of my finances. I'm going to start educating myself on different things. I'm going to start exercising, right? All of these, there's a lot of things that you can do to help gain control of your life. Um, I think this is a very important one. So uh, let's start off with a simple question, which is, do you know how much money you spend per month? Do you know what your monthly expenses are? In a general sense, in a specific sense, how much do you know, right? Some people have it down where they, they keep track of it great. And they probably, for, for you know, this lesson, they probably say, ah, well, you know, this, this is maybe mildly helpful, but I have a pretty good sense of it. Other people um, have that general sense. They see their credit card statement, like overall, but they don't really know where it's going. Uh, and then for some people, they, they don't really know. They might take a guess. And I can tell you that often your guess is wrong. Because oftentimes when you take those guesses, even if you sit down and think about it for a few you know, minutes, oftentimes when you simply are guessing at it, you are leaving out a lot of little things that your mind just blows off and those little things can all add up and be a whole different section of expenses. I cannot tell you the number of people that I have spoken to where I've said, you know, hey, what's your, and we're talking finances, I don't just step up to them. Hi, I'm Alex. What's your monthly expenses? Um, you know, so it's some, we've been talking about finances and I say, so what's your, you know, monthly expenses look like? And they're like, oh, you know, I think it's like, I think I spend about 3,500 a month and I'm like, okay. And you make, you know, 70,000 a year, right? We're good friends, right? So we know we share information and they'll say, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but at the end of the month, I just never have any money left to save. And I go, well, hold on a second. If you're spending $3,000, $3,500 a month and you're making $70,000, that doesn't add up, right? 
There's there is a large chunk, even when you take out taxes and all that stuff, there's still a large chunk missing there. Where is that? And when we dive into it, when we go and look at their, uh, you know, statements and look at their expenses and whatever, there's the little one-off here, one-off there, the daily small thing here, and it all adds up to be that missing fifteen, twenty thousand $20,000 by the end of the year. And that is a lot of money that can change your life, right? At least for that person, that can be a very substantial amount that can change uh, their life. So um, no, having that track down is very important. So let's get into our budgeting right now, right? Let's go ahead and start to take the first step in. The first thing that we want to actually figure out is what is our net income? Now, notice I say net income because this is very important to note what are my taxes? What are my, what's my, you know, okay, I got to pay social security. I have to, you know, I'm putting 1% or 5% or whatever into my 401k. All of these things, right, are getting taken out. And, and if it is a savings thing, I would note that you put that on the side. Note, jot down on the side. So get out pen and paper, right? Jot down on the side and say, okay, 401k, HSA, anything that's going into money that is being saved, Put a little note on the side and write down that amount. Everything else, take your income and then subtract off all of those taxes and everything like that to get your net income. This is what you're actually taking home right now. So if I have $70,000 a year, I might be taking home, let's just say 52000 51000 something like that. This is purely just a, a, a guess of numbers, but... We're just, we're just saying, all right, so that that's what I get down to my net income. That is now what I have to stretch over the course of the year. And you can even break it down, and I would recommend breaking it down. Oops. Uh, I would recommend breaking it down to a lower level than that, right? So I'd recommend um, taking it and saying, okay, let's say I have $52,000. That means every month I have $4,333 to spend. Now, once we have that, we need to start noting our spending, right? So write down, write down your net income. And now we need to move over and say, okay, now let's track our spending. And when you go to track your spending, there's various resources. Personally, I use Mint. Um, there's also, you need a budget. I think it costs like $10 or something, but a lot of people speak very highly of it. Uh, there are a variety of things out there that will simply track this stuff, but you don't have to use any of that. You can just go to your statements and see it. If you use a debit card for everything, go look at your, your bank statement, right? And see all of the debit transactions. If you use a credit card, Go and get the credit card statements. If you use cash, look at maybe your withdrawals from your bank, right? So you can start to track how much cash am I taking out. If you get paid in cash and use cash, that might be a little harder to, tra to, to track, but you need to make sure that you are getting this down accurately. You want to track very close to the dollar in these cases um, because it's going to be very important later on when you're starting to really fill out this budget. So figure out whatever way it is that you are going to track your expenses and then begin with your fixed expenses, right? 
What are your regular monthly bills? Rent or a mortgage. You're going to pay that, right? Do you have a car payment? Utilities, electric, gas, sewage, water, whatever. Write all of these things down and give yourself either the exact amounts that you had every month. I love to go back and do kind of some previous month stuff so I can see trends in my spending. But write these down and really look at what am I spending every month on fixed expenses? So you might say, okay, I pay $1,000 in rent. My car payment's $300. My utilities, you know, my internet is $75. My trash is $25. My electric tends to be about $70. Um, obviously some of these vary a little bit, but you can get that trend of like, my electric's usually between 60 and 80, and maybe in the winter it goes up to 100 or something, and then the summer it's a little lower, right? You can figure out these trends um, and kind of set this stuff in. And then you can start to look at, okay, now that I have my fixed expenses out of the way, let me look at the variable expenses. And these can be things like food, gas and fuel, Um, any entertainment, right? How often am I going and seeing movies? Am I going on trips every month? Travel, that's a big one, right? Dining out for restaurants, groceries, fast food, gifts and donations, uh, health and fitness. A gym membership would probably go under a fixed expense, but if you're doing something else with health and fitness that's variable, you'd put it down there, right? What about just shopping? How often am I buying new clothes? What are my shopping expenses in general? And this is where it's very important to track back many months because you need to see the one-off expenses. I'll give the example of about a year and a half ago, I had to put about $2,000 into my car for repairs. There was some engine work that had to be done and uh, it was very costly. I can't just sit there and ignore a $2,000 expense one month, but how do I deal with that? What I need to do is I need to track back for my car's expenses over the course of multiple years and then spread out that expense across every month. So this is going to start leaving, this is going to help you get in those situations where you don't just suddenly have a crazy one-time expense occur and it blows your whole monthly budget out of the water. This is something that I see so many people run into. They go, oh man, there was just no way that we could have expected this $600 car bill. And And you go, well, do you ever budget for car repairs? And they go, well, no. Well, then you should have expected it right? Like it's going to happen at some point. You're going to have some pieces break. You're going to have to take it in for repairs. You're going to have all of these things. It's, it's not always pretty to think about. It's not the most fun thing to sit there and go, yeah, I can't wait for my car to, you know, break down and me have to pay two grand to get it fixed or whatever. But you have to think about that and and you have to start budgeting for it. Otherwise, you're going to constantly run into these one-off situations that just set you back so much. And I even see people with Christmas, right? It's Christmas season right now. Christmas coming up and people are like, oh my gosh, I just, you know, now that I, I didn't get to plan for any of this money for these gifts and Christmas hit and so now I'm just completely broke. 
and I'm, you know, having to put all this stuff on credit and I don't, I don't have the money in my account. I have to wait till I get money just to afford these gifts. You know, Christmas is coming every year, December 25th. It's going to be Christmas again, right? You have to go and plan for this and say, okay, if I set aside $20 a month, $50 a month, whatever it is, whatever your budget is for Christmas gifts, and that's something that you have to figure out yourself. I set that money aside at the start and it needs to go somewhere that I am not touching. A savings account or whatever it is, put it somewhere that you're not touching and so when Christmas comes around, you can just look in your account and go, oh yeah, thank goodness I have this money. I've got 200, 300, 400 dollars sitting here that I'm going to go spend on these Christmas gifts. And at the same time, when you budget for that car expense, when you budget for, you know, maybe house repairs, I think they say, what is it? You need to have 1%, 1 to 2%, something like that. I don't remember the exact rule, but it's like 1 to 2% uh, of your house's value, you're going to basically be expecting to have to have in repairs every year, something like that. Whether it's the heater, the uh, you know, roof needs to be fixed, a new fence or the fence breaks or whatever, right? Like there's always going to be these expenses. And so it's very important that you budget for these expenses. And a lot of people simply don't. And so then that thing happens, they might budget for Christmas and then their fence blows over and they need a new fence and they have to reach into their gift money for Christmas to pay for the new fence because they didn't budget for the new fence. This also starts to bring into account the importance of simply having an emergency fund, which is something that I would highly recommend as the first investment account that you build. This is before your 401k, this is before your IRA, before just any taxable accounts, before you build anything else. The first goal I believe every single person should have is building themselves an emergency account. And this is, should be six months to 12 months expenses. That seems to be the standard. I agree with that. Um, and it's just so helpful, right? Having an extra six grand, 10 grand, 20 grand, whatever it is, depends what your expenses are. But having that money set aside in the event that you lose your job, there's more than one to 2% of expenses for your house or something with what you budgeted for your car, it, it goes over. You don't have to have that stress. You don't have to have that worry. You don't have to reach into your gift account or somewhere else and freak out and go, oh man, I just, oh, now I'm strapped for cash. It allows you to just go, I've got it covered. And you just go into your emergency account. You take the money out, you pay for the emergency. You're not stressed about it. You're not worried things get, you, you move past it, and then you put that money back in over the next month, two, three months, whatever it is at work. Now your emergency account is restocked and you can continue on your way, right? It's a very nice, simple, safe way to just not worry in life. I think that's the biggest thing. If you want to start building this life that is uh, happy and joyous and wonderful and all of these things, Getting rid of your base stress is a huge thing. And I think money is one of the biggest stressors in people's lives. 
I mean, it's one of the biggest stressors in divorces, right? Or in marriages. I, I think that's the highest reason for divorce. I probably said that weird, but that is the greatest reason for divorce is financial reasons. And I think it's because of the stress that it can cause. It just grows into this, this tough thing to deal with. So if you suddenly have your finances stress-free, you remove one of the biggest stressors of life. And I think that will allow you to move on to the next part of life, which is starting to really build your happiness, right? Um, so money doesn't buy happiness, but money gets rid of a lot of stress when taken care of appropriately. And thus it frees up time for you to find that happiness. So let's move, continue with our budgeting. So now we've looked at writing down these variable expenses, food, smokes, candy, whatever it is, any of these things, write them down, get your monthly budget written out. And at this point, you can start to figure out how do you want to track this? Do you want to track this daily? And I'm actually going to give some examples right here on my, my visuals. So if you're listening to the podcast, I apologize, there's no visual. If you are uh, watching on YouTube or something like that on Twitch, then you can kind of see right here. So I'm just going to give a little bit of an example right here. So what I'm showing right now is a daily tracking sheet. And you can literally just Bing or Google or whatever you want. Budgeting, Google Sheets, and there will be a million of them. And you can bring it up and look at whichever one you want. And whenever you find one you like, you just go to File, Copy, and you can steal it for yourself. It's amazing. It's a great way to handle it. So I'm going to bring up this sheet right here uh, to show people. So this is a daily sheet. And what I'm doing with this daily sheet is I'm simply inputting my income at the start. I'm then negating or taking out the fixed expenses. And that's showing me what I have as the remainder of the budget for the month. I'm dividing that by the number of days in the month. And that's giving me my budget per day. So in this case, this is for the very poor, this is like super poor budget sheet USD uh, sheet right here. Their budget for the day is $3.23. And that is the leftover beyond their bare necessities, their rent, their internet, their utilities, debts, those things, right? So that's every day they put $3.23 into their budget. And then whenever they make a purchase, they simply note down the expense of what they bought on that day. And they will note, okay, now I'm in the negative, now I'm back in the positive. And they can just simply look at how they're spending their money every single day for that. That might be a bit too detailed. It might be perfect for you. You need to decide, once again, this is personal finance, personal, you need to decide how do you need to handle this? Are you at the point where daily expenses are so important that they're putting you over? You might need to start budgeting daily. Or maybe there's a monthly budget. So here's a monthly budget template where you can simply put in your salary and you can put in you know, any dividends, interest income, things like that if you want. 
You can put your fixed expenses, like your mortgage and rent. Then you can put all your variable expenses, any transportation stuff, repairs, maintenance budgets. They've got that in there. Groceries, childcare, uh, salon, barber, right? People, these are the little expenses that people forget that are very important to remember. Oh, yeah, well, I spend $100 a month for my hairdresser to do my hair. That's a really important expense to remember, right? If $100, if you've got five of those, 10 of those random expenses lying around, it adds up to a great chunk. Um, any videos, movies, DVDs, concerts and plays, sporting events, health insurance, all of these things are fantastic. So I would highly recommend going out and finding whatever sheet works for you. Like I said, there are thousands of them out there, probably more. You can just take it, copy it over for yourself, and then just apply it to your life. So once again, daily, monthly, weekly, how, however is best for you. For me, I do a monthly basis for my budgeting. I have it, like I said, I use Mint, so it will track it every day as things come in and it'll show me kind of my progress along the month. So I say I'm going to spend $125 on groceries this month. It'll kind of start me off and then increment me slowly along the way and it'll be... You know, it'll show me if I'm spending too much on groceries. It'll show me if I'm under budget on it, whatever it is. I have that for every single one of my expenses, for every single one of the categories that I spend. And because I use my credit cards for everything, it's a simple way for me to just track as I go, spend, spend, spend. Where am I spending? Where am I under budget? Where am I over budget? Do I need to adjust things? Are there things I need to... Um, cut back on maybe, right? It's been very helpful for me to see how much I'm spending on eating out. And there's some some months where I look at it and I go, oh man, I, I ate out way too much this month. And because I see that, I can adjust my behavior. And this is the very important part that I think a lot of people don't quite do and why budgeting is so important. One, it's going to show you what your spending habits are what your expenses are, how much you're taking home, how much you're spending, all of that. But additionally, it's going to show you this in a way that you can then make a change. If I don't know that I'm eating out so much and spending $500 a month, $600 a month eating out, I might not change it. But when I see my my budgets right there and I go, oh my goodness, I'm way over budget on dining out this month, Last month, I go, okay, I need to change that. I go out, I go buy more groceries, and I start cooking a few meals at home. And I find ways that I can start cutting back and I can save $100, $200, whatever it is, and I can start getting back towards my goals. Now, this is the next piece of this, is we need to set our goals. And I think this is so important because you need to say, what do you want in life? And that's kind of a broad goal, right, for just budgeting. But I think it's very important to take that step and really start to think, what is it that I simply want in life? Do I want to have the, a mansion? Is there a specific 
car or a specific lifestyle that I want to live? Do I want to have a personal chef and a maid? And do I want, you know, do you want those things? Do you want to be able to travel twice a year, 10 times a year, live in different countries for multiple months? I mean, what is the lifestyle that you want to have? You might not have an exact answer, but I think it's very good to start to think about this stuff because this is how you can really start to adjust your budgets to meet these goals. For me, a big goal for me is retiring early. I look and I say, yeah, I could work the standard life of get out of college, go get a job, which I did, work all the way until I'm 65 and then retire and have a nice nest egg and have all of this money set, whatever, and then live, you know, my lifestyle with my family and my nice house. And I can go travel around a couple times. That life was, uh, that path exists. And that's one that I could have taken, but that's not one that I quite cared for. And for me, I say, I'd rather retire early. And when I started to sit down and actually do the math, I saw that I could. And it wasn't that I could simply retire a year to five years early. It was that I could retire 20 years, 25 years early by simply making small adjustments and some large, but making adjustments to my budgeting, right? It's just a numbers game. Money in, that net income, minus your fixed expenses, minus your variable expenses, equals money X that you have left over. And when that is small or negative, it's going to be a lot harder to work towards that goal than if you sit down and start to take those actions to actually adjust it in a way where you can then put that money into savings, put that money into investments, start to grow your money with compounding interest, which is one of the greatest things. We'll probably have a talk on compounding interest at some point, but essentially putting it somewhere so that money can grow and continue to make money. And when the younger you are, that you can get that money invested, the greater it's gonna be for you. And it's not just me who says that. Warren Buffett, lots of people say the greatest thing in the world is compounding interest. It's a fantastic thing. So I would highly recommend getting to that point. But first, you have to do this. This is step one, right? This is finances 101, budgeting 101. This is you got to sit down and you got to simply write it out and draw it out and say, okay, I'm making X, I am spending Y, and this is leaving me with Z. If I can change even something small, right? Let's say that I get, and, and I'll use one of the obvious or the, the overused examples, my daily coffee. If I switch from buying that coffee every day to making that coffee at home, or not drinking it, but maybe you're a coffee person, you gotta have your morning coffee, all right. That right there can be a huge savings. You might save 60 bucks, 100 bucks a month. Over a year, now you've got yourself, what, maybe 1,200 bucks? Over the course of 10 years? Because it's, I think it's good to extrapolate things out to a decade's time to really see a big impact. 
a lot more money, right? You got 12 grand just from that. And if you actually were investing that money, then that money is going to be doubling itself over the course of that time. So by simply making a small change in your life, not buying that coffee every day, making it at home or doing something else, you can do a lot down the line. You can have a big impact on your goals. And there are so many ways you can change this. And this is, of course, why I'm going to be talking about this in the next episode, which is $1 equals $1. I'm going to be doing a huge discussion about the mind games that we play and the tricks and everything to make it, to give $1 not the same value as another dollar. And I'll give you a small taste. What's the difference between $121,000 and $122,000 when you're buying a house versus what's the difference between 90, you know, $50 versus $70 when you're buying that video game? There's a much bigger, you know, difference in the $1,000, but because it's a larger amount, it's kind of a different kind of dollar in your mind, right? And so it's very interesting to see the games that we play, how much people will, you know, freak out over paying 99 cents for a silly little mobile game to play or an app to install, but then we'll go and get the chips and guac at Chipotle, like no problem. And that's like three forty nine pre-tax or something like that, right? Like all of that stuff. Once again, that is for the next talk. For this talk, we're still just talking about the basics, and this is simply goals. So once again, what is the goal that you want to have in life? And it's okay to be a little crazy in this goal right now because I don't think goals necessarily need to be set to be met. I think they're simply good to just put them out there as a, as a point to work towards. If you don't quite get there, if you get there in a little bit of a roundabout way, if it takes longer, whatever. Don't don't worry so don't be so goal focused, which I think is very anti the current society, right? There's a lot of goal focused stuff that's driven. Don't be so goal focused on I must accomplish this, but rather just put out those goals there. Say, I want to retire early. I want to retire at 40. And then you know what? If I get there at 45, 48, whatever it is, I'm still fine. Like I'm enjoying that journey along the way and figuring things out. So so set your goals, be crazy with it, and then start to really look at your budgets and look at your previous months, look at your previous six months, look at your previous year, look at all of this spending and your spending habits and note down all of those one-time expenses that come up, whether it's you know new tires for your car, or that repair uh, for your house, or you have to get a new heater, right? All of those things, note down all those one time, and note down everything else, and then start to look at what you're saving at the end. And then see if you can challenge yourself to change that. See if you can challenge yourself to make changes in your lifestyle. And I promise a lot of these changes might seem crazy at first to you or something like, oh, I can't. And then as soon as you do it, you'll go, oh, okay, that wasn't too bad. I've, I, I'm fine now. Humans are known for adapting. That's one of the greatest strengths that we have as, 
as mammals on this earth, one of the best things about us is how quick we are to adapt to new situations. So simply put yourself to be in a little bit of an uncomfortable situation. One, it'll probably be good for you in just a changing it up sort of state. I find that seeking uncomfortable situations often is when I grow the most as a person, often is when I find out the most new things, I learn new things, all of those things, and that makes me feel good, right? That's something that I love. But additionally, you might save some money along the way. And so then all of a sudden, instead of having $40 left at the end of the month, you might have 150, 200, 500. Who knows, right? See how far you can go with it. Nothing is as permanent as you like to believe it is. And I, I've said this before. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but your current state is your most prominent state. That's one of my favorite sayings. I don't know if I heard it somewhere, if I just came up with it. I couldn't tell you, but your current state is your most prominent state. And that is simply wherever you are right now in the exact situation that you have is the one that you feel the most. If you're depressed, you feel depressed the most. It overshadows the happiness of before. If you're happy, it overshadows the depression of before. If you are um, saving in, in, in a very high cost of living area, it overshadows the times when you didn't have as much money, right? Your current state is your most prominent state. And so you are always going to feel that the most. And you need to remind yourself that you can adapt, that there are so many other things that you can go do, so many ways that you can simply save money. You can change your lifestyle a little bit and it's gonna be okay. The world's not gonna end. Everything will keep turning and you will adapt and your life will continue. So whatever it is, whether it's a fixed expense or a variable expense, whatever it is, really take a look at those and really start to think, what can I actually change? What's something I want to try? Worst case scenario, you just change it back, right? Let's say that I have a phone plan and it's really expensive and I have unlimited data and all this stuff and I go, you know, when I really think about it, I've never used over more than two gigs of data. Maybe I can go find a cheaper phone plan. And maybe I do, and after a few months I go, yeah, this was a terrible idea. I need that unlimited data. That's just my life you know, has gotten worse because of it. I really need that. Go change it back. But kudos to you for trying. So with that, I'm going to challenge you to create your budget and start and change one thing in it. The first step is create this budget. Look at what your expenses are. Spend time. Make time for this. Take a couple of hours out and dedicate it as if it's actual work. Don't allow yourself to play video games. Don't allow friends to come over. Don't allow anybody to say, hey, you want to go out and grab? I can't. I'm working right now. Make this a priority because this is going to be worth a lot of money for you in your life. This, is, this might be worth more money than you realize. So take that time. Take a couple hours. Dedicate that to making that budget. Finding a, a, a budget sheet template that you like online. 
and then simply using that and filling it out. What's my income? What are my expenses? What do I have at the end of the month? And then I'm going to challenge you to change one thing in there. Whatever it is, it could be a small thing that's $10 a month. It could be a big thing. But change one thing in there and then start to notice how it affects or doesn't affect your life over the next few weeks. So that's all I have for this week right here. Um, Tune in next week for our episode $1 equals $1. I love the title because it's so silly, but I really love that topic. Uh, As always, you can find these podcasts live on Twitch, on my YouTube at youtube.com slash growthebuckup, on any of the popular podcast feeds. I tried to put it on even more this week. Uh, or on my own site, www.growthebuckup.com. That's all I have for now. Thank you for listening. Now it's time to grow the buck up.